Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Friday the 26th of August. I'm Emily Ferrier. And I'm Laura Cook. The Colombian Defense Minister announces a ceasefire. Military action that's carried out against members of illegal armed groups cannot endanger the lives of these victims. And a US judge blocks abortion ban in emergencies. To expressly state this is how we will interpret state laws is a bit of a warning to states not to go overboard for political purposes. Times of London Daily World Briefing. We start in Colombia where Defence Minister Ivan Velasquez announced on Thursday that Colombia will suspend aerial bombings to avoid collateral damage to civilians and the deaths of minors who have been forcibly recruited. Minors forcibly recruited by illegal organisations are victims. They're victims of this violence in which we've lived for many decades. Military action that's carried out against members of illegal armed groups cannot endanger the lives of these victims. The strikes were targeting illegal armed groups, and now Velasquez has said that the ceasefire was a gesture of government willingness to engage in possible talks with armed groups, shifting Colombia's strategy against left-wing guerrillas and drug trafficking gangs. The whole issue of peace does not mean weakness. Peace is not a surrender by the government. It's not a surrender by the armed forces. Peace is a process of collective construction in which all the actors in the conflict and the actors of the illegal organizations have a transcendental role. The nearly six-decade conflict in the country has killed at least 450,000 people. Newly elected leftist president Gustavo Petro is aiming his policy of total peace, hoping to end the conflict with the illegal organizations in exchange for legal benefits and reduced sentences. We head now to the United States, where a federal judge has blocked the state of Idaho from enforcing an abortion ban when pregnant women need emergency care. Legal health experts are calling it a warning to states not to go overboard for political purposes. U.S. District Judge B. Lynn Windmill agreed with the U.S. Department of Justice that the state's abortion trigger ban, which took effect on Thursday, is in conflict with a federal law that makes sure patients get emergency stabilising care at hospitals. The Justice Department argued that the 1986 federal law known as EMTALA, the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labour Act, 
requires that all hospitals that receive Medicare money from the federal government give stabilising care to all patients, including those not receiving Medicare, even if that care is an abortion. Medicare is the widely used federal programme that provides health insurance for the elderly and disabled. Windmill, who was appointed by former Democratic President Bill Clinton, issued a preliminary injunction blocking Idaho from enforcing its ban to the extent it conflicts with federal law, citing the threat to patients. Boston University Professor of Law and Health Law Nicole Huberfield said the ruling protects physicians from criminal prosecution for performing an abortion if a patient has an emergency medical condition. The effect would be that physicians are protected when they act to save the health of a pregnant person who has an emergency medical condition. In other words, if a physician has to perform an abortion because there's an emergency medical condition that requires it, EMTALA would prevent the Idaho law from kicking into effect and giving authority to the state to prosecute that position. While EMTALA specifically states in cases where state and federal law conflict, EMTALA will rule. Huberfield says its use in this case is a novel approach by the federal government. I don't think it is an inappropriate reading of EMTALA. After all, the statute does have an express preemption provision. But to expressly state, this is how we will interpret state laws is a bit of a warning to states not to go overboard for political purposes. The Idaho ruling comes one day after a judge in Texas ruled against President Biden's administration on the same issue. On Tuesday, U.S. District Judge James Wesley Hendricks ruled the federal government went too far by issuing guidance holding the same federal law guaranteed abortion care. The cases are two of the first lawsuits over the administration's attempts to ease abortion access after Roe v. Wade was overturned. Legal experts say the two state rulings, if upheld on appeal, could force the Supreme Court to wade back into the debate. I think that having the imprimatur of a federal court would be important here because there are state attorneys general who have sort of made a career on challenging federal power and this would be an important signal. But it doesn't mean there won't be another federal court that doesn't hold differently setting up a conflict that could make its way to the Supreme Court all over again. On the way, the Canadian Screen Awards drop gendered categories and tech that may mean you can speak at your own funeral. Times of London Daily World Briefing Britain's former ambassador to Myanmar has been arrested over claims that she broke the country's immigration rules. Vicky Bowman served as envoy to the country for four years from 2002. Her husband, a former political prisoner, has also been detained. Anna Roberts, the executive director at Burma Campaign UK, says it's unlikely to be an act of retaliation for the UK's imposition of fresh sanctions on Myanmar amid accusations of human rights abuses. Vicky Bowman and Tane Lin, her husband, were um, arrested yesterday. Um, the British government announced the new sanctions against military arms brokers and company doing business with the military uh, just this morning. Um, but I think it is more a case that the military are trying to you know, instill fear in people. The arrest coincides with the fifth anniversary of the crackdown on Rohingya Muslims in the country. 
The Times Asia editor Richard Lloyd Perry has been speaking to Times Radio. The motivation for this, why her, why now? Because she's been living in Burma for uh, nine years, Myanmar. She's been there throughout the period of the military government since the coup in February last year. She runs this NGO, which is all about ethics and human rights and responsibility. So you can see she's clearly not the general's cup of tea. The couple's trial is set for September the 6th. We move to Ukraine, where it's understood power has been restored to the Zaporizhia nuclear plant after nearby fires disconnected it from the country's national grid for the first time. Officials from the UN nuclear watchdog are seeking to access the site. Russian forces have controlled the plant since March, which is the largest nuclear facility in Europe. The incident has raised fears of a catastrophic nuclear accident at Europe's largest nuclear facility, with officials from the International Atomic Energy Agency pushing to access the plant. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said the world narrowly avoided a radiation disaster after the power cut to the plant during Russian shelling in the area, an allegation that Moscow has denied. Such international pressure is needed that will force the occupiers to immediately withdraw from the territory of the plant. The International Atomic Energy Agency and other international organizations must act much faster than now because every minute of the Russian military staying at the nuclear plant is a risk of a global radiation disaster. Russian-appointed official Vladimir Rogov occupied the town of Enerhoda near the plant and blamed Ukrainian forces for a fire in a forest nearby. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. With the latest on Novak Djokovic and the US Open, here's John Jackson. Former world number one tennis player Novak Djokovic will miss the US Open, which begins next week. The Serbian admitted that he will not be able to travel to New York for the tournament, having chosen not to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Current rules require travellers to show proof of full vaccination to board flights to and enter the United States. The 35-year-old was also unable to defend his Australian Open crown this year after being deported from the country over his vaccination status. The United States Tennis Association describes Djokovic's absence as unfortunate, but looked forward to having him back at Flushing Meadows next year. The first round gets underway on Monday. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. The Canadian Screen Awards are dropping the binary. For next year's awards, the Academy of Canadian Cinema and Television says the move will better represent the country's diverse community of talent. Instead of the traditional four categories honouring Best Lead Actor or Actress and Best Supporting Actor or Actress, they will merge each role into two categories, recognising the Best Performer in a Leading Role and Best Performer in a Supporting Role. Genre-based TV categories will follow suit, with the Best Lead Performer in each taking home the prize. This follows a wider industry shift, including the Toronto International Film Festival Tribute Awards, the Junos, the Grammys, the British Independent Film Awards, and the MTV Movie and TV Awards, which all feature gender-neutral categories. And finally, AI-powered technology has allowed a woman in the US to speak at her own funeral and even be asked questions. The co-founder and CEO of Storyfile, a tech company based in Los Angeles, Stephen Smith, used this groundbreaking technology to speak with his mother, Marina, through artificial intelligence. 
Marina's grandchild asked how becoming a grandparent changed her. Oh, I think it brought immense joy into my life. But this isn't a deep fake. Marina has pre-recorded dozens of questions and the story file platform uses the AI to search the content and find the answers to the questions that would give the most appropriate response, originally based on an idea to allow interactions with people who have fascinating stories to tell. And that's your Times Daily World Briefing for Friday, the 26th of August. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.